It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall, and this is a Temple Ticker episode. And you're thinking, well, wait a minute, don't we normally just do Temple Tickers as part of another episode? I have made the executive decision that when we have Corey K. Ward, the Pharaoh himself on now, he gets his own episode for a couple of reasons. One, uh, we never know how long it's going to go because there's so much Temple news. And because there is so much Temple news coming, to try and to try and put Corey in a box. To try and put the pharaoh in a uh, uh, sarcophagus? Is that the right <laughs> word? We can't do it. We can't do it. I don't want to embalm him. I don't want to leave you, him. You saying that I'm dead? Well, no, I mean, he, he, he's not quite dead yet. Uh, it's, oh, okay. uh, it's, the pharaoh's a god, so he never dies, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, well. So are you saying <laughs> you're a god? <laughs> when someone asks you if you are a god, you say yes. We talk about all things temples of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, of which there are so many that I just was like, man, he sends the list. There's we're not we can't cram it into another episode. So we're just gonna have it be its own episode, which means uh we need to come up with some music for a temple ticker episode. If anybody has thoughts, it's contact at the culturalhall.com. Uh, you can still hear it, a little bit of sickness in my voice, so I'll let you do the majority of the talking. Uh, we talked first about temple dedication, so where are we going? Yeah, there was a dedication in the last week. Um, the Bangkok Thailand Temple was dedicated. Uh, it was the, or it is the 185th temple to be dedicated, so 185 down, 150 to go. Is, is what there, we're looking at. Is there any, uh, we're probably not there yet, or maybe we are. Do we know what the 200th temple will be based on dedications? Because I've got to think that we're going to make a big deal out of that. Yes, yeah, I think it's a race to the finish, to be honest. Um, right now, um, it could be like maybe the Desert Peak Temple out there in Tooele. It mm. could be the Abidjan Ivory Coast Temple. It could be the Tallahassee Florida Temple. It's a race to the 200, I guess. So from a church point of view, what do you think? What what would we probably do? I think we would probably push for Africa to be the 200th, right? Bigger deal? Yeah, that would be a big not deal. Not that Tallahassee's not a big deal, and not that Tooele <laughs> Valley's not a big deal, but it's a, a sort of different kind of big deal. Yeah, I mean, 100 was the Boston Temple, and mm-hmm. they I think they kind of commemorated that by putting a, a replica of the Salt Lake Temple Moroni on the Boston Temple. So... Oh. This Abidjan temple has that um, that silverish Moroni. I think it's called pewter. Is the yeah. official yeah. color? So okay, okay, I like that. It would be the last Moroni too to be on the temple that's dedicated. Okay, okay, then that's a hundred percent what it is. You made up my mind. And okay. it's, which one in in uh, Africa? You said Abidjan Ivory Coast. Okay, Ivory Coast. I'm putting I'm pointing to the outfield. Corey won't do it, but I will. Two hundredth Ivory Coast. Pewter Moroni, they'll make a big deal of it, and they'll finally address the Moroni in the room, which is <laughs> that we're not putting Moroni on temples anymore. Well, let's go back to Thailand. So um, it was dedicated by Ronald Rasband. Um, I guess that he has a, a sort of connection to the area. It's kind of thin, but he said that he would take a lot of business trips to Thailand when he was an executive for the Huntsman Chemical Corporation. Hmm. So he's been to Thailand many times before. And also as an apostle, I think. Um, is he so a this, lawyer by trade? I've forgotten. I think a businessman is his official title. Because I kind of remember his, the big deal was that he didn't finish college because he got an offer to work at Huntsman. And he's like, well, like I should finish college. But his wife's like, well, you have a good job. So 
Might as well just take it. Uh, this is paying the bills, sweetheart. And uh, they want you, so... Uh, okay. Yeah, she was all on board on it, but he wanted to finish his college. But she said, well, why are you doing college if you're just going to get a job afterwards? So, hmm. Okay. So, yes, very thin. Thinly veiled, <laughs> if you'll approve the pun. A thin connection. Um, when he was there in Thailand, he um, talked about the three church presidents that really um, played a part in building this temple. Um, first, he talked about President Hinckley, who was there in 2000. And he said that there would be a temple one day in Thailand. And then he talked about President Thomas S. Munson, who officially announced the temple in general conference in 2015. And then um, five years ago, I think it was uh, Russell Nelson's first world tour. He went to Thailand um, and he toured the spot where they were going to build the temple. So he, in his um, talks, he paid tribute to those three church presidents. Um, and this is the first temple in Southeast Asia, which is um, a big deal. Um, a, a little history about the area. Um, Brim Young sent missionaries in 1852 to this place that was once called Siam. Um, it was the kingdom of, uh, it was one of those few areas that wasn't colonialized by mm-hmm. other um, European areas. Like, uh, for example, Vietnam was colonized by the French and um, some areas were colonized by the Portuguese. Um, so... Siam was one of these independent uh, kingdoms in the area. So, uh, but the missionary that arrived there, he only stayed a few months and he wasn't able to get past that language barrier. And so he returned home. So just like, um, just like we talked about in Chile, that was pretty similar. Uh, missionaries came in the 1950s. There was an English congregation for a long time, but eventually missionaries in the 60s and 70s started um, preaching to the the Thai people. So yeah, it's interesting when we look back at some of those to note that the church really did try and send missionaries everywhere in the world and that we hear the success stories about people lining up in some places and then other places where they get there and they're like, yeah, I, don't, I can't figure out this language. It's too hard. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll get you in a hundred years. Or is that gift of tongues? But I guess not yet. Yeah. <laughs> or, just not, or just not the Lord's timing, right? That's how we look at that stuff. That temple district is pretty significantly large. Jeez. Yeah, so if you're familiar with the um, the previous Hong Kong uh, Temple District, it was all of basically uh, like China and Southeast Asia. And so with this, the first temple in Southeast Asia, it's going to take um, in 11 countries um, from Vietnam to Pakistan and then Nepal to Indonesia. And so um, there's going to be about 13 stakes and 22 districts that will be assigned to this temple. Um, there was a dinner right before the dedication where... Yeah, Elder Resman had a dinner with um, leaders from these 11 countries that um, would theoretically go to the Thailand temple. But there are several temples planned or under construction for the area. Um, probably in the next year or two, the temple in India and Cambodia will be finished. And then in the coming years, there'll be one in Singapore and Indonesia. So even though this is a big temple district, it's going to be split up um, into a lot of different pieces. And just continuing to whittle down the time that it takes and, and and in some cases, right, may, are all those countries that maybe you know, maybe you don't know, fairly friendly with one another or is travel between the countries difficult? So like a Singaporean could not go where the Cambodians could go or or vice versa. I think it's pretty free from what I know, um, but it's just far and, you know, flights can be expensive. Yeah, costly. 
Well, that's great. That's cool. So shrinking the temple districts there, I think that that's incredible. Uh, that makes it so that the temple in Hong Kong is now only serving China and Mongolia. And of course, we know there's also a, a temple announced for Mongolia. So pretty soon that temple in Hong Kong that once served like a huge portion of Asia will just be serving uh, China. Well, and there's also one announced for China, Corey K. Ward, the pharaoh. Really? Okay. Wasn't there one? Isn't that yeah, one? There was. We'll talk about that, that later. The one where we said, yeah, and everyone went, Whoa! And then everyone was like, don't talk about that anymore. Yeah. We don't know. That's maybe, that's maybe one of those eventual temples. That's a that's a Russian ev eventual temples. Wasn't it? Wasn't that in China? Yeah, in China. Yeah. yeah. I'm not up in the night. I know. <laughs> and talking about uh, finally uh, hearing the needs of the people and shrinking the temple districts so the people don't have to travel so far. The Orem, Utah Temple open house has started up. So that's, I mean, that's... That's shaving minutes off of temple commute <laughs> for people. Yeah, that's right. Um, on May twenty, uh, sorry, on October twenty third, um, they had a, a, they opened the 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 temple to the media, um, and interestingly enough, Reina Alberto, the former city councilor, um, is on the open house committee, so she was there, um, answering questions from reporters and everything. Um, there's also a lot of. Utah Valley University students that's just across the highway. And so they just emphasize that it's, you know, super close for them. They don't have to go all the way to Provo to go to the temple. <laughs> I mean, Provo has two, but they don't have to go all the way to Provo to be able to do that. So was, uh, was, uh, sister Puerto the, essentially the presiding official for the church at this thing? Uh, no, there was some, you know, some priesthood guy, but I, I choose to an area seventy. Okay. Okay. But she was the she was the main thing. Uh, she's, well, an or, she's, a, she's an Orem resident. So and and uh super significant. She also has a podcast. If you haven't checked it out, uh we did her a, daughter, an interview yeah. with her daughter uh before she had joined into the podcast. They do a pretty good job. It's fun to I, I wanted them to call it uh double barrel of Huertos, and they they were not interested in that name. It's <laughs> far more religious and you know cl closer to bringing people to Christ than than what I had suggested, but um, it it is interesting to me that does it seem and Orm was the one that caught on fire, as we recall. <laughs> That's right, arson. But they never caught anyone, as far as I know. the The placement, I think, of the Orem Temple, similar to the Taylorsville, Utah Temple, in in, in that it's like. If you're a really good rock thrower, and I'm not recommending this to anyone, you could drive down the freeway and throw a rock at the temple and probably get close to hitting it or, or you know, hit it, actually. It, does it seem odd to you, particularly for Orem, where you have this beautiful, you know, the temple knackle for the Provo City Center Temple, up in the foothills for the Provo Temple, and Orem, we're like, ah, what do we got? Well, this used to be a car lot. Uh, we got plenty of space. Let's put it here. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just I think it reflects the car-centric planning of Orem. I just mm. it's not my favorite city in the world. It's just like a bunch of highways, and um, the city there doesn't really think they they want to urbanize very much. They always want to be rural, but they're never going to be that. Um, <laughs> it is interesting that it's like right. It's like a stone's throw from the actual border of the city. So I actually had a lot of people like this guy in church was like, "Oh, that's the Orem Temple." Like mm -hmm. it's so far away from what I think of as Orem because it is really like close to the Provo border and then it's on the side of the highway where Vineyard is. So I think there's a lot of people like have a hard time like imagining that as Orem. But we you also know, have the, the Linden Temple coming 
um, pretty soon. That's just like right on the border of Orem as well. So, well, lots of members of the church. The thing that I'm that I'm interested to see, and I'll appreciate as we get towards April General Conference, which seems like forever away, but it will be here before we know it. Uh, will there be a Utah City Temple? And for people who don't know about this Utah City project, it is imagine like your um, city crafted, manufactured. Everything is thought of and taken care of and all these things, Utah City, right there on, on uh, Utah Lake. And it's it's getting massive amounts of attention and so densely populated because of the kind of buildings that they're putting there. Do we? Do you think we could see a temple on that side? I mean, I technically the Orem Temple is on that side, but... Yeah. But putting a, like, a vineyard or a Utah City temple? We'll have to see, like, how many people, like, how many apartments they actually build there if there is a lot it's possible mm-hmm. but it is just it is just one train right away all you have to do is walk to the arm station and then go to the vineyard station it's pretty close so i'm thinking right now no but in the long term you never know sure sure take yeah. us where we go next where what we got tons of temple stuff uh yeah let's briefly talk about the interior of the temple um of the temple was actually not not a car lot but it was um farmed by the Williamson family who came from Norway in 1864 and the church acquired the property in 2004. So this um, temple has a kind of an uh, um, agricultural heritage, I guess. Mm. Um, in the baptistry, they really um, pay homage to the to Utah Lake. They have um, a really cool baptismal font that um, has these really cool designs on the side, really different than any other baptismal font that I've seen. They have um, stained glass that has like cattails and birds to kind of look like it's like a lake area. Um, but the rest of the temple is all cherry trees everywhere, every, everything all at once. Like <laughs> this temple is all patterned after a cherry tree. It's in the stained glass. It's in the flooring. It's in the carpets. It's in the walls. It's in the chandeliers. It's in the furniture. Um, basically, it's a bunch of reds, greens, light browns, and pink accents throughout the temple. So um they use some fancy words like marble, marble wainscoting and coffered ceilings throughout the temple. So, um, yeah, it's a, I wouldn't say it's a like super unique temple for all the new ones, but, mm-hmm. um, it's certainly different than what I've seen. Did you take the opportunity to go through it already then? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, no, I haven't. Come on. <laughs> you <laughs> want to go last week? Come on. Last I'll, Friday. I'll take you, I'll take you to lunch. We'll go through. Okay. This is doable. We don't have to go to St. George together or Montana. <laughs> I think we can deliver on this one. Now, it's interesting, and you don't know this, but uh, this is a little insider information as sometimes I'm able to get. Okay. For the uh, baptismal font, one of the original suggestions was every fall that we're going to let um, algae blooms take over the top of the <laughs> baptismal font in tribute to Utah Lake, but they decided since it's not safe in Utah Lake that they also didn't want to have that come into the temple. So they scratched that idea, but they did. They had a lot of tributes to Utah Lake and they did scratch. That was one of the last things that they scratched before they did the open house. So, oh, well, yeah, bad for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's take a break real quick. And uh, when we come back, we're going to get into some groundbreak, groundbreaking temple sites that have been revealed. Uh, groundbreakings that have been announced. The first meeting house in the city of London. Why are we talking about that? You'll find out coming half, coming back in the second half of the Temple Ticker here on the Cultural Hall. 
Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. BestDJinUtah.com. You're right. It's a new ad. What? Well, it's been an entire season since I've recorded a BestDJinUtah.com ad. And well, the wedding season coming to an end at this point, but not really because what happens now is everyone who's going to get married in 2024 reaches out and says, Richie, is it possible? Do you still have this date? And I tell them, yes, hopefully. And then we get you booked. We'd love to be able to work with you. Uh, travel all along the Intermountain West. Some people call it the Jello Belt. Uh, you can go to bestdjinutah.com to request a quote. You can find us on any of the social medias at bestdjinutah. And uh, we can answer any questions. Affordable? Yes. Over 400 five-star reviews? Yes. Highest rated in the state of Utah? Uh-huh. Go on. It's best djinutah.com and and I'll give you a little hint it it also helps me to be able to do this like financially support the cultural hall through that and you get something in return Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. Our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop computer and they start at only $29 a month. Check us out at pclaptops.com. Here in the second half, we're going to do some more uh, temple news, all temples of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and apparently a meeting house. We'll find out what that's all about. But first, we go to a temple groundbreaking. Tell me about this. Yeah, on October 28th, Saturday, the Fort Worth, Texas Temple was had a groundbreaking there in Burleson, Texas, not Fort Worth, but they're going to call it Fort Worth anyways. Um <laughs> Uh, and you don't have any issue with that. You're just <laughs> you're just fine with that. You have no sort of feeling about that. Nope. Um uh Elder Jose El Alonzo was there. Um they actually, because of rain, they ended up just going by to the nearby chapel and having uh giving the talks and everything. And then a, a small group went over and turned the shovels over to a little bit of dirt um to do the official groundbreaking. Um but yeah, this is on the far south side of the Fort Worth metro area. Um, it's going to be uh, the second of three temples that will be in the Dallas-Fort uh, Worth metroplex. The other one will be in Prosper. Uh, there's about 83,000 members that are just in this metroplex um, hmm. and 214 congregations. Jeez. Uh, I, I, it's funny because it's not really groundbreaking. I don't know why they didn't just take like a bucket full of dirt and put it in the chapel and dump it out on the carpet and be like, and we're groundbreaking and flip it over. I don't understand. Like I get it. If we're breaking <laughs> ground. Yeah. I don't, you know, like, okay. We know that they're not going to dig it by shovel load the whole thing, but if at least let us turn the dirt where then the caterpillar is going to come in and scoop everything, but Nope, we put a green carpet out. We put a pile of dirt and go and scoop the dirt. All right. I've di- I digress. Uh, how about these uh, temple sites that have been revealed? Yeah, there's three temple sites that um, the church has recently released sites for. The first is the Vienna Austria Temple. Um, this one's about two and a half years coming. 
Um, so a lot of people excited about this. It's going to be uh, about an acre site um, that's in Northwest Vienna. It's at the site where there's a meeting house currently. And um, they have not said whether the temple uh, will replace the meeting house or if it will go um, side by side. Um, because there is kind of a little bit of space on the north side. Um, it's going to be about the same size as the Okinawa Japan Temple, about 15,000 square feet, um, two stories. Um, so it's possible just like in Okinawa, they could fit it on the side of the meeting house. Um, but because this meeting house just has one English ward that attends it, um, I suspect that maybe they'll demolish the meeting house to fit the temple better on the lot. Mm. And they'll just move the English ward to one of the other um, meeting houses in Vienna where they have room. And this was one of the temple locations where everyone went, what? The church isn't growing that much in Austria. What? What? Huh? Well, especially like after a year, they did, they announced the Hungary, the Budapest Hungary temple. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a surprise that both Vienna and Budapest get a temple. So, yeah. But great uh, prelude music for both temple groundbreakings there in Hungary and in, in Vienna. Yeah. Yeah, great music coming out. I don't know, it's classic. Whenever I think of the past, <laughs> whenever I think of Vienna, I always think of like all the classical greats coming from those two countries and nowhere else. We'll have to see if the temple design has any homage to Beethoven and all those people. Any There's a couple notes, of jokes I'd like design. to make here, and I'm not going to make them. Okay. So let's, <laughs> so let's move along to uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania temple site um, was revealed. It's about a five-acre site in eastern Harrisburg. Um, which is right around the corner from the Harrisburg Stakes Center, where the Harrisburg Ward and as well the Hershey Ward mm. meets there on Rutherford Road. Um, it's just right across from the Central Dauphin East High School, and it will be adjacent to the Woodlawn Memorial Gardens. It's a cemetery. Um, so it kind of reminds me of the Trujillo Peru Temple, how it's like right next to a cemetery, and you can like be looking at the graves and like, oh, there's the temple in the distance. So it's going to be a single story temple of 20,000 square feet. And are they, they, and they have not done the groundbreaking. These are just sites. These are just sites right? that have been announced. Okay. Okay. Um, this temple was only announced in April of this year. So um, making good progress on that as well so that, as. So that's moving pretty quick. Yeah. As well as the Winchester Virginia temple was recently announced in, in April. Um, it's going to be an 11 acre site um, there in the West part of the city on Merriman's lane. Um, it's going to be right next to the John Kerr Elementary School and across from the Sacred Heart of Jesus Catholic Church. Um, so this would be a, a single-story temple of 30,000 square feet, which, to be honest, kind of shocked me because this temple, um, the city was not on anyone's radar remotely as a place for a temple, and yet they're going to get a 30,000-square-foot temple. So mm. pretty surprising for me, at least. Uh, would you like some useless information about that particular funeral or that uh, particular graveyard, <laughs> the Woodlawn? In Harrisburg? Go yeah. J.C. Penny buried there. Oh. Miles Davis. Irving yeah. Berlin. Joseph Pulitzer. Alva Vanderbilt. All buried in that particular cemetery. Some nice so, local uh, history. Yeah. So it's a little well-to-do if you know <laughs> any of those individuals and where they came from. So that's sort of an interesting Googleable aside. How about uh, Winchester, Virginia? Yeah, I just talked about that. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was... See, I get distracted. Uh, so Red Cliffs. Let's go to Red Cliffs in uh, St. George, technically, yeah. Washington County. Um, this was announced as the Washington County Temple, but they later renamed it the Red Cliffs Temple. And it's right on the, just like we talked about Orem, it's right on the border of the city of Orem. 
this is right on the, the border of the city of St. George. So it is the second temple in the city of St. George. And so right as the St. George temple is, and um, it's about two weeks more of an open house there, um, another open house is coming. So the open house of the Rotcliffs temple will happen um, January 30th through March 2nd. And then um, it will be dedicated on March 24th by uh, President Eyring, which this this was announced just like the day after uh, Kathleen Eyring uh, mm. passed away. So it was kind of like no rest for, for him, I guess. But Jeez. it's not till March. So um, but he'll be he's the one announced for dedicating that temple. Speaking about the uh, St. George Temple and everyone sort of speculating that Elder Holland would be able to do that. Any movement on who's dedicating the St. George Temple? I haven't seen. No, not yet. Um, they haven't announced. Um, I did see Elder Holland. I think he was at the funeral of Kathleen Eyring. So mm-hmm. he's at least mobile enough that he attended a funeral. So we'll see if he can um, be ready for the St. George Temple dedication. In we'll see. And I have to imagine that even if they have to, and this is no sort of anything, but even if they have to wheel him to, like if he can be present, uh-huh. my thought is that they'll absolutely do you know move everything in the world to be able to have him do it That'd just be nice. because of yeah. the connection uh elder iring have any connection to the red cliffs washington uh I don't or saint george not washington <laughs> uh yeah i'll to look into that when i have okay. okay uh taiwan yeah there was a groundbreaking announce for the kaohsiung taiwan temple this is in the, the south of the island of taiwan um it will be on november 25th and elder Benjamin M.Z. Tai, the, the president of the area, um, the Asia area, will be there. Do you think that we'll see a shift away from apostles completely or mostly for all of these temples since we're going to have so many? Or will it just be more apostles being, you know, put out to go into all these places and they'll just constantly be dedicating temples? Yeah, I think apostles will be the focus of temple dedications. Um, I think I think there's some doctrinal justification there i suppose mm-hmm. it's not you know not thus save the lord but um yeah is it doctrinal precedence then maybe not necessarily uh yeah, i don't know contact at the culturalhall.com if it if you know why it has to be an apostle or greater i'm sure some sort of keys but i don't you know at some point when we have a thousand temples and we're doing all these things like it just becomes unmanageable i think or really hard yeah you can always delegate to keys i think yeah yeah. The church has a history of that. Uh, now, I got to ask you, why are we talking about the first meeting house in the city of London? Yeah, um, the when we say the city of London, it's a very specific boundary within the whole London um, like area. Um, it's it's kind of this weird um, area in the very center of London where like the businesses of the area have like voting rights and everything. Um, so it's just like a small part of what we think of as London itself, but it's called the city of London. Um, the church bought a um, an office building that's called Alder Castle in 2019. Not actually a castle. Um, <laughs> well, it's interesting because it's actually the site of a, a a a Roman fort. So, like right now, there's the office building right there, but on the side they have like this city wall, which is part of an ancient Roman fort. Um, so that's why they call it Alder Castle. And then they have this cool little um. I saw in the, uh, the pictures, they have this little like window where they have like stenciled onto it, like what the building would look like on the mm. foundation of the the ruin. So, um, yeah, the church bought it as they were under the investment group Covenant Garden. 
back for a million um, pounds um, or 100 million pounds. Um, it's just right down the street from the St. Paul's Cathedral. Hmm. Um, but um, yeah, they said that the Lloyd Bank that is there right now will terminate its lease and the space will be converted to be a meeting house um, there in central London. For a long time, there was, I mean, not a long time, but for a few years, there was speculation that maybe the church would build a temple in central London because it is very far away from the temple that's in Crawley, far away from the city temple, from the city center where the temple is in London. So there was speculation that maybe they would use that area as a temple, and I guess they still could. But right <laughs> now, they're just going to um, build a meeting house. Well, it's exciting that uh, with the uh, the purchase of that building and um, the, the coming of the... Um, new hymn book that they're going to uh, be adding uh, a verse to one of the the songs that we Tell have me. in our new hymn book. Have you not heard about this? I have not. Oh my gosh. Um, it, it's uh, It'll only be in the English version of the hymn book. Um, but but the uh, verse, as I understand it, goes says it says something like, "There is the Alder Castle there beyond the city wall, where you can see the stencil of what it looked like if we did it all." And I just thought that was pretty cool that they're going to be putting that in the new handbook. I had no idea. I had no idea. I read those lyrics and I was like, "I don't what what's going on?" And sure enough, here we are. Uh, let's get to Love it. Valley. <laughs> Love it. It's still still in the news, Heber Valley. And the uh, most recent breaking stuff, I just, I, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, it just is gnarly. <laughs> yeah, um, so recently the um, Washington County held a six-hour planning commission meeting where hundreds of people came into the room and um, talked about their feelings, about what they feel, uh, like what, what um, should happen to that um, temple site. And um, eventually, after those six hours, they did recommend approval. So I think it will go to the, the full council now. Um, but there was some interesting, um, I guess there was a, a basically this, some of the stakes held a, a youth, um, the gathering outside of the temple, and they all sang, oh, I love to see the temple. Um, so they kind of gathered all the youth there as an activity with food and everything. And then um, I guess they said they love the temple. So I guess yeah. that's a myth in itself. Um, but it passed with some stipulations that um, over the years that the the county would, would measure the lumens that are coming out of the temple and make sure that they're not overstepping their boundaries on the light that's being emitted from the temple. So, yeah. so, so that will be where it's at now until lawsuits are... <laughs> <laughs> as soon as they go, yeah, it's approved for sure now. Let's move forward. And then they go, yeah, yeah, no. We are the Wasatch back for, you know, dark sky people. And we're we're suing you guys for this. There's enough, at least that I've heard, of people having examples of like manipulation and things like that on the town council that they're just like, <laughs> we got to get some more clarity on this stuff. Yeah, Which, I think you're talking about temple in wyoming well no that's that's wyoming as well but you will see from the <laughs> dark skies in heber that organization because i think that they've acquiesced the church has acquiesced enough for them to be able to be like okay the building we don't really want it here not in this particular part of this community but we really are worried about the dark sky you will not 
you this is not the end of the battle for dark sky even if they've even though they've said yeah we'll measure it mm-hmm. we'll measure it once we've you know gotten rid of the dark skies sure we'll measure it and then tell you that we'll pull it back and then they will and it's just it's unfortunate that it can't be a, a collaboration and instead it's a competition but to your point now we move to Cody where the what third fourth fifth round of lawsuits about this temple has started yeah, it seems like the details have finally come out from these lawsuits. Um, there may even be another one piled on top of it. Um, basically, the most salacious part of these lawsuits is that um, there's alleged that the city planner misled the planning commission while they um, approved the temple. So um, in a nutshell, the city planner, who is a member of the church, and so there is some um, allegations of bias here that um, the city uh, planner basically told the council things that they were approving that they ended up not understanding that well. And so they kind of regret their vote to approve the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of why there's lawsuits and everything and they're going back and forth. And so the church feels um, a little bit, I think, burned because they're like, we got this, you know, we got this uh, approved, all the legal things. And now you're just going back on their promise. Um, so that's why they went to the lawsuit and um, to... Basically, the judge will make sure that the law as it's written will be applied and that whatever Wyoming or local laws um, are on the books will be applied. Um, I know that sometimes when they pass things, they can't go. It's illegal to just uh, like go back on their promise. Um, For example, like in Utah. um, So the city basically they're, they're saying that the city planner said they were approving all these things and if they didn't approve them, then the church would sue them. Um, But for example, the city planner's job is to kind of inform the council on um, the legal ramifications of what they're voting for. Um, and sometimes, for example, like in Utah, um, the zoning is um, in a way such that if it's zoned that way, you have to approve it. Um, mm-hmm. So, for example, like in Lehigh, I was t- I took a class from the city manager there in Lehigh, and there was a hotel that was being built there in Lehigh, and the, the people in the back from behind the temple were really upset because they didn't want this big uh, hotel in their backyard, basically. Mm-hmm. And he told he told the council, he's like, you have to vote to ap- approve this because state law says that if it's an, an approved uh, use, that you have to approve it. And But b- because they, they buckled under pressure of the neighbors, they ended up voting to not approve it. And he said, okay, well, we're going to have a lawsuit because mm-hmm. um, it's an approved use and this is what Utah state law says. And so we'll have to see what the law is in Wyoming. The judge is going to interpret what that law says and if the city can or that planning council can go back on what they promised. But um, basically, they're saying that the, the city planner um, kind of misled them on some details and then worked behind the scenes with the local church leaders to kind of coordinate some readings of letters, the sacrament meeting and some other things. And so um, there's also an allegation of like he had some sort of spiritual um, prompting about why he did something and so just a lot of things gone on that i can't follow all the back and forth but yeah it's uh i mean it's such a difficult situation all around we've talked about it a bunch and so i won't belabor it too much but you know it there is a large group of people in cody that this will be a physical reminder of how the church came in and said yeah okay we're listening okay we're gonna follow your rules you know what we're gonna do this anyway They'll never get past that, unfortunately, right? They'll always see that physical reminder. Then I think about this individual, the city city planner, who uh, is a member of the church and who is covenanted to help progress 
the work in his life in in all he does and 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 to what that means and everybody knows someone within the church i'm not throwing this you know speculation on him but everyone knows someone who they they felt like they were doing what the lord wanted them to do and it was like a like you know maybe a little shady or like a little bit uh like off the, you know, off the thing that they should have done or that they sort of presumed that this was what their calling was because of the covenant that they made. And so whatever it takes to be able to do these things. Again, I'm not saying that that's necessarily what happened, but when you hear about um, things like, you know, letters being read in in uh, sacrament meetings or at state conferences to say, hey, we need to get this approved. Everybody tell your, call your city manager, blah, 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 blah. I guess some of that is activism. And then there's some of it too that makes me just feel like that, yeah, I, transparency and the way that we should do this is the way that we should always do this. And so I just hope it really was above board and that, um, you know, that everyone eventually has some sort of happiness about how the Cody Wyoming Temple does. Because there's a large organization that has formed and said, you know what, not here. We don't want it. Please, signs in yards you know, saying, take it somewhere else, all these things. And it's just, it's not a win for the church in the community there. Yeah, I'm interested to see once his side of the story comes out, what will happen, so. Uh, and then we go to the mailbag, please. Um, yeah, you you sent me a question from someone and I know someone on the podcast recently was like, hey, what does Corey think about this? What does he know? So I have a few things to, uh, I guess, address. Um, one of the common concerns about this um, sudden boom in temple building under President Nelson is that there's a lot of temples being built, uh, being announced at least, and are they all being built? Are some of them never going to be built? Um, so I, I got some quick stats about what the progress Let's of these Let's do it. These 153 temples are. Um, so 36% of those temples have either been dedicated or are under construction. 27% um, have sites that are announced, and about 37% have uh, no public progress yet. So they haven't had a temple and a site announced. Um, so it is true that a big temple backlog is building. Um, but my argument is that um, temple building it has not slowed um, compared to the rest of church history. Okay. Um, basically, um, temple, um, basically the, the range from temple announcement to groundbreaking takes about one to three years. That's been the history uh, of temples for a long time. And, you know, this, the president Nelson has only been a uh, president of the church for five years. So you can imagine that, you know, a good majority of these temples that he's announced, of course, haven't been, haven't had a groundbreaking yet because just the time hasn't passed. Mm -hmm. um, some temples take, you know, a short amount of time, like Helena only took three months to that's get groundbreaking. groundbreaking to or uh, that's announcement, announcement to groundbreaking. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but others have taken longer like the temple that was actually announced by President Monson, but um, had a groundbreaking under President Nelson. It took eight years to have a groundbreaking there in Erdendetta, Philippines. Um, so right now there's a few temples that are kind of slow at progress, but I'm actually surprised that most of the temples that have been announced in the past, like the past four, um, three, two years are getting progress. Um, there's some notable exceptions. Um, there was a question on this podcast about what's happening with the Russia temple. Um, I wrote a story um, on uh, this week in Mormons about what about two years ago about um, a name change that happened briefly on the church website for the Russia Temple. 
there was a brief moment when the church changed the name of this temple to the Russia administration building. And then a few weeks later, they changed it to just classified. And then a few, like a few days later, they changed it back to the Russia temple. And so hmm. I think this was back in uh, April, 2021 before the war happened in Ukraine. Um, so I think the church was making progress of building something there in Russia. I think the church did have probably a plot of land they were trying to build on. Um, but basically, um, this temple was announced in 2018. Uh, Russia is a lot different place than it was after the pandemic and now during this war in Ukraine. Um, for example, in 2017, the church reported that membership was 23,000. And then most recently at the end of 2022, the church said that the uh, the population of the church was only 5,000. And so um, it's unsure like what, if that's an, an error, if they're classifying the membership or if literally in the four-year time, if like three-fourths of the church has left Russia. Jeez, so, geez. Um, that is a possibility. And so Russia is a lot different place than it was in 2018. So um, yeah, we'll see if um, there's other uh, temples that have taken a long time, like the Kiev Ukraine temple took nine years. It was announced in 1998 and there wasn't a groundbreaking until 2007. And so um, Russia is only right now at five and a half years right now. So um, temples have taken this long before. Also the Bogota Columbia temple took nine years. We don't think of that as like a, a place where the temple took a long time. The temple in Ecuador took 14 years to have a groundbreaking. And then the Los Angeles temple took 14 years as well. And it was delayed by our World War II. And so we've had temples that are delayed by wars before. It's not unprecedented. Um, so also I no one ever, go ahead. No, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no one ever talks about the uh, Cagayan de Oro Philippines temple, which has announced that same general conference as the Russia temple. Um, five and a half years ago, but they still have had no uh, public progress on that. Um, there's also a few temples that have taken a while, like the Lagos Nigeria Temple, the Budapest, the Benin Nigeria Temple. Um, those were about four or five years ago. Um, those have all had sites announced recently, so there's progress. Um, that, that temple in China that we talked about, the Shanghai Temple, um, it was three and a half years ago, as well as the Dubai Temple. Uh, we do know kind of where that temple will be built, so that is in the works. We know that's happening. So I love that when you say general areas announced that in my mind, I'm just a church leader. Where is the uh, where's the Dubai United Arab Emirates temple going to be? And he just sort of looks over in a direction and goes there ish. Well, well, we know that because uh, Elder Bednar was in Dubai just like a year ago um, in that it's called the Expo area where they have the, the Expo World's Fair um, where they said that that's the area where the temple is going to be built. So. Well, you go and you continue to go. And I, I happen to notice that you missed one of these. So I'm interested about that. But temples that have had announcements withdrawn or abandoned. Yeah, um, it's not unprecedented that a temple has been, um, has an announcement that was later withdrawn or the efforts were abandoned. Um, as, far, as we know, in the 1830s, there was a temple announced in Independence, one in Far West and one in Adam on Diamond. And of course, um, because of the short time that the church was headquartered in those areas, um, the church abandoned those temples. So um, even from the very beginning, temples were abandoned. Um, but one temple that was um, withdrawn, I guess you could say, was the Samoa Temple, which was announced for Pago Pago, Pago, Pago um, American Samoa. Um, and basically the first presidency withdrew that announcement because they said, we're, I mean, instead of having one temple in Samoa for all the Pacific Islands, we're going to build three temples, one in the main Samoan island, one in Tonga, and one in 
uh, Tahiti. Um, another example of a withdrawn announcement was in 1992, a temple was announced for Hartford, Connecticut, but President Hinckley withdrew that um, to announce temples, one in New York and one in Boston. But of course we know Hartford was later announced by President um, Monson and was dedicated. So eventually Hartford did get their temple. And also in American Samoa recently, President Nelson announced the temple in Pago Pago. So that temple, that island family got a temple as well. But um, the Harrison New York Temple, which was one of those two that were replacing Hartford, um, it was originally going to be built in White Plains, and then they um, renamed it Harrison. Um, but basically, this is kind of a Cody situation where the community was very opposed to um, the temple in uh, Harrison, and there was a, a lawsuit that slowed the progress. Um, eventually, the temple was approved in, I should say, 2002. Um, and the church said that they were going to build it. Um, but then a temple was announced in Manhattan and dedicated two years later. And eventually in 2006, they just took off the Harrison New York temple from the list of temples. Hmm. Hmm. So as far as I know, the church still has that site in Harrison. They could still build something there. But um, yeah, they just decided not to. And then and sometimes uh, the sites just change. I thought this was interesting. I didn't know about the one in Honduras, but I did know about the one in Tuila or Erda here in Utah. Yeah, um, this this probably isn't all the temples that I'm thinking of, but um, at least two of them have, they've had um, in Tegucigalpa, Honduras, they had a groundbreaking and everything and they started to build, but there was um, some outcry because it was right next to a Catholic church and mm. people just weren't uh, for that. So the church um, did change the site for the, the temple there. And then of course, um, just this recent past few years, the temple in Tooele Valley um, was announced for Erda, uh, Utah. I keep hearing a podcaster that says Erda, Nevada, but it's Erda, Utah. Um, bless their and, heart. <laughs> bless their heart. Um, basically, yeah, that's is where the church wanted to build a temple. They wanted to include it with a big um, housing development, and the church, the people there in Erda said, no, we're, we're a rural place. We don't want it. So rather than, um, they could have won a lawsuit, definitely, but rather than that, they moved the Tooele Valley Temple to Tooele itself. And they renamed it the Desert Peak Utah Temple. So, And I called you out and I said, you didn't have this on your notes, but I should have looked further. It's the last one on your notes, the Southwest Salt Lake Valley Temple, which very few people know about this. So please regale us with the information about this and then we'll wrap this sucker up. Yeah, in October of 2005, President um, Hinckley in um, conference said that we have two new temple sites in the Salt Lake Valley, one on the west side and one on the southwest side and so he said i'm announcing he's basically said right now i'm announcing the one on the west side which will be built in daybreak it was later renamed the ochre mountain temple and in the talk he mentioned that the church had an additional site on the southwest part of the valley and i would say that this was not an official announcement this was just oh saying, boo it's an official announcement <laughs> <laughs> it never appeared on the church's list of temples okay um, all he did is say that we have a site for a temple in the future when it warrants future growth. And so I guess that day hasn't come yet. Um, I'm thinking he was referring to the site that's next to the meeting house on Juniper Crest Road in Harriman. Um, I've been speculating for a long time this a temple would be built in Harriman. And this is, I think, the site that President um, Hinckley was referring to sure. when he said the southwest part of the valley. And so, um, of course, he said it would be the fifth temple in the Salt Lake Valley. It was actually the Taylorsville Temple ended up being the fifth. 
but we'll see if Harriman ever gets a temple because it it'll was get a temple. Come on, have you ever tried to go east west in the Salt Lake Valley? <laughs> People are like, we could, we could go to, we could go to Erda, Nevada. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, but basically, all this boils down to is that when the president of the church announces a temple, President Nelson always says that we announce our plans to build a temple. He doesn't say, thus saith the Lord, a temple shall be built in mm. Russia. And a lot of people are saying, oh, well, the temple's not being built in Russia. So that means, you know, it's a false false prophecy. But he's, he announced plans to build a temple. He didn't, he didn't um, I guess, invoke prophecy. And so I think people just need to be more patient on building temples. Sometimes they take a long time. And, you know, sometimes, you know, political things happen where they don't happen. And so that's okay. It doesn't have to... Um, dissuade yourself one way or another on whether the prophet's a true prophet so yeah it's like when i tell my wife i plan to do the dishes after dinner and most of the times i don't but i planned to <laughs> she will step in and do them for me but you know i plan i plan to i meant to i believe I to do it but i'm still i'm still her husband i'm still a <laughs> decent ish guy uh, I like doing the temple ticker just like this. We'll get you in every once in a while. I'll do a full episode of Temple News. Uh, I do have um, an assignment for you, sir. Um, I I would love to know, and this is one that you don't have to come back with in the next uh, announcement, but I know that you look at meeting houses. Mm -hmm. uh, you have, tell everybody about the Facebook page where people can follow and find that. Yeah, the Facebook page is called Latter-day Saint Chapels Around the World Daily. I post um, pictures of a stake, all the chapels in a stake around the world, um, rotating every day of the week. And do you get to see the interior in of, of any of those? Yeah, sometimes um, on Google or whatever they have. Because what I would really like, and, I, and uh, this is going to be one of those things, I like giving people these assignments because I know that you will overthink it, and that's why I love it. I would like you to pick the top five chapels, in your opinion. It doesn't mean truthfulness. It doesn't mean area, whatever, right? However you quantify it. But okay. I want to know the top five chapels so that people can do, because there are people that do this, the bucket list of chapels, why you need to go. I think of one in downtown Salt Lake that has an amazing stained glass of the first vision that mm -hmm. I think that people need to see if ever they make the, the pilgrimage to Salt Lake. But I'd like to know your top five. Okay, good homework cool. assignment. Good, I love it. Uh, I hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. I hope that if you were sick or otherwise afflicted that you can be here next week. And when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. If you have an assignment for Corey or a question that you're like, <laughs> contact at theculturalhall.com. Don't forget, you can become a Patreon saint at patreon.com forward slash theculturalhall. And... Uh, uh, <laughs> In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast will be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural, the cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the Cultural Hall show.